Hello and welcome everyone. I am your captain for today's special Fenacast episode, CJ, and with me I'll have our social media director, Celia Rose, and a very special guest from Fena Pirate Princess, the English voice of Sheetan, Nicholas Corda. Nicholas, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Uh, I can safely say you were definitely someone that we have been wanting to talk with, especially due to a certain someone on this episode, on this episode who really enjoys your character. Uh, one, of their, one of their favorites. Uh, I would have no idea who that is. No, it, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's me, obviously. I mean, come on now. <laughs> to be fair, I, I honestly have been enjoying every character on fan. But, but, but I know we could probably talk about that for probably until next Monday. Uh, I wanted to kind of allow listeners to kind of get a little bit to know you, especially uh, since this would be your first time talking with us uh, about kind of your uh, kind of connection with Toonami. Like, did you watch it back when it was on Cartoon Network, like for weekdays? Uh, did you start like paying attention to it more when it was revived in Adult Swim? Like what, what's your history uh, knowing about the block, if at all? So, yeah, so I, you know, grew up like many of us did watching it after school. And then um, I think I always specifically remember my favorite like era, I guess, was the the sort of Yu Yu Hakusho, like the the early 2000s era, because I know, you know, it was on in like the late 90s and then. Um, right? Am I am I crazy? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I remember you know like watching it after school and then just really really getting into it. Um, you know, and I've always been a fan of anime, but you know, um, just kind of really sort of falling in love with the block in like you know 2003, 2004. You know, um, yeah. And I think that was always a a Saturday night. Uh, just thing that I always did. My brother and I would watch it. We loved Yu Yu Hakusho like many, <laughs> many do. It's a classic. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think that that's kind of um, my tsunami story, and you know, just sort of following it. I, you know, I I, I also remember. Um, am I, I? I could be wrong, but I think was Bobobo on tsunami yes, also. Yep. Yeah, it totally was. <laughs> That was, um, that's an interesting show. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the early 2000s was kind of like a special time in, at least for me, um, with Toonami. And I think there was kind of just this really, you know, great, just you got all the classics, you know, all the classics were were sort of on the block. And, um, you know, it's actually funny. So Cowboy Bebop, I know, obviously, you know, um, was sort of first introduced to American audiences on that. But I I hadn't really watched it until this year. Like I've seen like an episode, but you know, like I and I knew that obviously it was this huge influential thing and what have you. But goodness gracious, that is just such a brilliant show. <laughs> um, and I, I wish I think because I, I don't know if I was I was old enough at that point when it first aired. Um, or I just, I, I, I always needed a lot of sleep. So I never used to stay up past like midnight. Um, so I don't know if I, you know, ever caught it back then, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a cool, that's quite a list. Boba Bo, which I have bad memories of right now, so yes. it, but overall it's a good show <laughs> along with Yu Hakusho, which people still to this day are just 
so hyped up about and i know cowboy bebop is just you know the gold standard of it but that's really cool uh you kind of was watching it during when i was like really obsessed with it as well so i really like that as well because mm-hmm. i remember weekdays you haka show with like um all the dragon ball stuff it was just it was a fun time yeah um yeah and, yeah. <laughs> and, and i guess kind of the the biggest thing for it now is that obviously you've been cast in fena pirate princess a tsunami original you know it's getting on Crunchyroll, it's getting on tsunami you know premiering and whatnot what do you think or what comes to mind when you realize that your performance is on an original leading the block especially since you started up uh watching it during you know you haka show days like it has to feel absolutely surreal to you uh to hear your performance on the block that you grew up watching oh i mean yeah it's it's a dream come true it's it's um uh yeah i mean i'm i'm so endlessly grateful and you know kind of blown away every time an episode airs i'm like oh god wow that's really cool (laughs) um yeah it's it's a really really um awesome awesome thing and i'm just grateful to be a part of it what was your reaction when you found out you were cast as shitan i think that's definitely the biggest thing like a lot of people have really enjoyed the character at least so far what we've gotten to see through 10 episodes like what was your uh, first impression when you were like, oh my God, I booked the role. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so it was funny. My first reaction was what? <laughs> but I, I personally think it's funny because usually these, you know, shows will get cast, you know, more quickly than not just because production schedules are, you know, very fast. Um, but this one, um, was a little more higher profile. So I think, they wanted to take their time, especially because, you know, there was a collaboration between um, Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. And, you know, um, obviously um, Nakazawa had to, uh, you know, approve and, you know, the IG, production IG had to approve and what have you. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that all of those parties had to approve. Um, and, um, you know, so that I guess it took a long time. And, you know, generally, often we audition for projects voice actors we audition and we just kind of are like well you know um it it just life happens and we're working on other things and we forget about it and then you know i just got this email one day and i was like "Ah? (laughs) what (laughs) oh oh that's really oh that's really cool (laughs) that's kind of nuts oh and then i was like oh that means I'm going to be on Toonami. Wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. And then, you know, still, I, I don't know, I still process it. It's still like, oh, goodness. <laughs> right. I can only imagine how crazy it must feel to go full circle like that. Like to start as someone who watched it and enjoyed it. And now you're working on projects that are airing on Toonami. Like, that's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a trip for sure. <laughs> The actor bucket list things. I don't know. I kind of hate that term bucket list, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a, a, right. I, I like to call it a, you know, crowning achievement or just like a major achievement, a milestone type of thing. Yeah, I I have to obviously start with Sheetan. I mean, I wonder why. Geez, you, you <laughs> only provide the English voice for the character. What were your impressions of him? Because when we first get to like when we first see him, we get one type of kind of idea of what he's like. And of course he kind of owns it too. When we see him kind of gallivanting around in like episode two, but what has been your overall impression when you first got to him to where we are now at episode 10? Well, when I first 
even read for him because you know generally when we like audition for characters or what have you at least this, this is something that i do like you know you the the appearance of the character definitely you know um kind of inspires your performance so i was like oh you know he's like a very like cool like kind of you know he's he's um not aloof but like he's got you know wise takes but he's also like a little distant what have you and i just kind of thought like oh yeah like that's kind of his role like he's sort of this you know supporting player in that regard and then i you know started to see that he's like this really deep like there's so many layers to him and i was just so like oh my goodness what an amazing character and how lucky am i to get to play this just character with so many so much depth you know um and just like you think he's one way and then he's a complete other way you think you haven't figured out and then it, there's this whole you know struggle that he has between wanting to be loyal to the island but then also you know that he loves his friends and you know um but then there's also this frustration that he has with fena and it's just it's i am just very grateful to be able to play that character and to inhabit that yeah it's been a treat <laughs> <laughs> and i guess one of the biggest things I, I get when, like, as we're watching Shitan is that you're right. We do kind of get to see more of the layers, more of the depth with him. And it's just, it's, I don't know if I'm just a sucker for it, but it's such a remarkable kind of storyline that we're getting. Because while I don't obviously know what's happening in the last episodes, I feel like there's going to be a major conflict between Shitan and Fena and Yukimaru, especially where we are as they've reached what supposedly is Eden. And I, I really hope that Fen of Hyrule Princess plays on that. Cause like, I don't know what it is, but I felt like the dramatic moments between like Fena and Shitan and Shitan and Yukibaru has really been quite like the emotional climaxes that fans might be getting while they're watching this series. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't obviously reveal anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, and those scenes are just so fun to play. That's, you know, a sort of actor's dream in, in in a way it's just like oh yeah this is good yeah and just 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 even the the sort of conflicting loyalties because you know he like as a friend he 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 loves fena but also he has to kill her but also you know and he's also mad at what you know she's done to yukimaru and the crew because he also does believe what um you know master yukihisa says and and then, of course, you know, Yukimaro is the only one who ever made him feel like he mattered. You know, he has a sort of um, kind of an abusive older brother. He kind of grew up in this sort of um, environment that, you know, they, I mean, they were kind of trained to be killers, too, you know, which is definitely not great psychologically. Um, and you know to have that be sort of threatened but also to have the mission be threatened it's it's kind of like this compounding thing um and then also to feel like you don't matter you know and to feel like um you know to to have to go back to feeling like you um you know are second rate or don't matter or you know like that's um that that's really hard you know um that's that's a, a rough thing to grapple with and i think that's kind of you know where his sort of justification comes in to be to be to to not want to have to face that 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if that, if any of that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what mm-hmm. you're saying. It's a point that I believe Celia made uh, recently and not necessarily like any podcast or anything, just probably in passing while we're talking. Cause we like for promoting the series that we do, we do obviously coordinate and stuff like that. And I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly, Celia, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I, I felt like you really became attached to Sheetan even more so when we saw his backstory of like how he never felt uh, adequate, and then like when he got to the bows and they're like, oh, they're rejects like me, and then he kind of made it his own. Like I, I if I'm remember, I think you were like really just like so amazed by watching that whole thing play out. Yes, I. So Sheetan is my favorite, and it's because of his really oh. complex character arc that made me fall in love with his character even more because when you're first introduced to him he just seems like he's going to be the pretty guy on the side maybe yeah. some more comic relief right and what i really enjoy is that his character arc like the structure of it reflects also who he is as a person because everything yes. is really quiet under the surface and then it all comes to a head when he can no longer contain it because he's been internalizing it for so long and now he has to come to grips with everything all at once. And that's so difficult. Like, even though he and Fena have really, they've reconciled and they've understood each other because they he finally understood that, you know, they are both outcasts in a certain way. Like, even among the island he grew up on, Shitan didn't have a place. Yes. You know, and that's really disheartening. But yeah. there's still the conflict with you know, be tr- not really betraying, I guess that's the wrong word, but going against the orders from Master Yukihisa and then the conflict with his brother that we know is coming because Kay is on the way to figure out why they haven't completed the mission yet. And so watching these things come to a head, and I'm really curious to see where that arc is going to go, you know, within these last two episodes, but it's those different levels of complexity and really the quietness of it leading up to it that made me love his character so much more because it doesn't have to be loud and it doesn't have to be this like really bombastic thing for it to have that impact. It's really good. Yes. Yes. I, I love him for similar reasons. Yes. And I think also just going off of what you were saying, it's like a very interesting subversion because, um, you know, like like you were saying, Celia, it's like you just expect him to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to quip in the background, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm pretty, you know, whatever. And then he turns out to be this like completely different thing, which, you know, you don't really see that often. And it's it's very cool and very interesting. And yeah, um, I totally agree. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say anything, you know, about what happens but yeah (laughs) (laughs) right and we get more of a picture of it too when he actually reveals that he had to that he has to kill fena for master yukihisa and just it's so funny to me and i don't mean like haha funny but just like how well it was played out within the series where you get to see a very very ugly and nasty side just because of how harsh the language that he used was especially towards Fena, who's like kind of looking at everyone, you know, as with the goblin pirates, like, you know, camaraderie, friendship, all that stuff. And then to see it, it's just like such a stark difference considering you had this, you know, playboy type of uh, aura around the character to then all of a sudden say those things that he did. When you see that, I feel like the character is more relatable and just you can, being able to get the different types of reactions from viewers and audience members who are watching, I think is just a, I have to think as like a rounding ovation for an actor such as yourself to get that type of reaction, don't, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, no, and I, I, you know, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, this, the, I have, playing this character has been the highlight of my year. I mean, it's been my favorite part that I've ever played. Um, there's another part that I play that is NDA that I can't talk about that is, is uh, very, very close, but um, it's, uh, yeah, it's been such a, a, um, a, like a blessing. I don't want to say that in terms of like any, you know, religious context, but just, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, it, I've been very, very lucky um, to get to play this character. Um, and to also have, you know, brilliant directors, Michael and Stephanie, and, you know, um, yeah, it's just been awesome. The other thing that I think, you know, I, it's funny, I also kind of, you know, not to get like method or anything. I sort of, you know, very much relate to uh, Shitan because I haven't, uh, until really I, I found like the voiceover community, I, I have often felt like uh, not out of place, but just different from a lot of my, um, you know, um, I think maybe just as an actor or as um, even even high school, I felt just like I had different priorities or I had different like um, a different outlook on the world from other people. Um, and I think there there was a sort of uh, feeling like I didn't belong is what I guess what I'm trying to say. And I think Shitan kind of really spoke to me in that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that is a very uh, interesting thing that that a lot of people feel, you know. And I think um, it's important to speak to that, you know, because um, everyone deserves a family, you know. <laughs> um, right. Absolutely. And yeah, and and to feel like they are worth something, um, and not that I ever like you know didn't feel like that, but we all have moments like that, right. you know. And, and Shitan shows it like pretty much in what eight nine episodes pretty much like it's crazy yeah i mean i think yeah yeah i think i think that's kind of what i'm trying to say just <laughs> feeling like you're different from everyone else right uh, you know whether that be you know um yeah you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> uh and i think the biggest part about why like maybe myself and celia and probably a lot of fans feel this way is that Vampire Princess is so character driven, and we discussed this uh, with a castmate of yours and Brittany Cox. We've mm -hmm. talked about it loads of times on Fenacast, as well as in passing within our own staff meetings. It is so character driven, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Is for me, I really enjoy it because it's vastly different from what I expect in other anime originals, where it almost feels like the plot is the main reason why you're watching, and the characters are kind of like the shiny toys, like, here, look at here, right? Like, they look all nice and pretty, and yet we get this sort of depth and, like, character-driven type of story to where the plot of, like, Finding Eden almost felt, like, irrelevant when we're watching the relationship between Yukimaru and and Fenagrow, realizing the type of relationship that Yukimaru and Shitan has, and Shitan with the rest of the crew, Shitan and his brother, it's just, a lot of this is just so character-driven, and it just hits so many emotional chords that I really am glad that, you know, Production IG and everyone who's worked on this really felt that it would be the characters that are moving the story along more so 
than the actual plot of it. And I, I, I think that goes to kind of say how much that maybe the, you know, creators of it felt that the cast was going to really knock it out of the park. Cause when the characters are the ones really moving the story along, that puts a lot of onus on the actors and actresses that are doing it. And I, I can't speak enough about how much the performances, how much the characters themselves have really moved the ball of this series and become more favorable by the day. Like it just, it just blows me away with how just remarkable both aspects of that type of decision that they decide to make go. And I, I think it's, it should be, it shouldn't be something that's taken lightly considering uh, how much, you know, people uh, who, you know, worked on it kind of want the fans to really look at it and say, yeah, this is so fun. Uh, I, did, did you expect like Fennet to be this type of uh, character driven story? Cause I certainly didn't. And I'm very happy they decided to. I did not. And I, uh agree completely yes and i i think um yeah i i think in terms of storytelling yeah you you generally you know not not that like plot driven things are you know great but there i think there is a certain thing to be said about how characters um you know do drive the story you know the story we go there we go to to stories to you know um watch people go through things in a way to you know experience it uh ourselves to have a, a sort of you know cathartic release what have you you know aristotle um <laughs> you both know this obviously um but yeah i think you know th that's where the story lies not in you know so and so goes to get the shiny MacGuffin and blah 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 it's, it's actually it's what happens on the journey not like the specific steps you know and and how the characters get to those steps by making decisions, not that like they are just kind of pushed along and they, you know, end up there. Yes, absolutely. And and to your point about the actors, my my castmates are just knocking it out of the park. Like they everyone is just so good. It's um yeah, I I am also very grateful to have such awesome uh actors to play off of. Um, everyone is just really, really bringing their their top, top notch work to this. Their A game, their their S game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like this is one of the shows I look forward to watching every single week. Like where I'm excited to turn on the TV at midnight and be like, hey, what's gonna happen now? You know, really want to see where the story's going. Same. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I I haven't seen you know like. I, I haven't seen the whole thing. I only see my parts. So, you know, I see most of what happens, but there's also, especially with the scene, um, the episodes, you know, with Abel and Cody, I didn't really see any of that. And then the whole, you know, all the scenes with the Abel flashbacks, I was that just blown away by the, the background, um, you know, stills that were used and uh, just the animation in those sequences were just fantastic. I was going to say like that, the scenery for um, Fena, especially like how they've been drawn, hand drawn, as Maki has pointed out on Twitter. As yeah, well. like the colors are like Abel's thing looks straight out of a Disney movie. Seeing that island with the purple, pinkish uh, tree trunks with the vibrant orange, uh, red leaves. It just, oh my god, it's visually so appealing, and it's just not even. It's no contest with what else you can kind of see. It's just. It's something that I didn't quite realize 
and like I enjoyed a lot of other scenes in Venom that were beautifully animated, like when Abel shot that cannon at the Rumble Rose Pirates. Like, <laughs> yeah, he so, just death starred there. So their ship. <laughs> yeah, and it looked great in the stare down that he had with O'Malley when she's like, "Oh, you wouldn't shoot," and then he just does. It's like, yeah, the 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 artwork for it is so beautiful. And another thing that I really didn't quite piece together until recently that has both myself and Celia Giddy, and I'll ask you as well. I love the history nods. I wouldn't call myself quite the biggest history buff. I will give that to Celia as well as another colleague of ours uh, in Kuro. But I love a lot of the callbacks to stuff. And it's like sometimes it might not necessarily be executed the most perfect way. Uh, and that's open to interpretation. I'm not saying that's a definite. But I, sure. I, I love it. You know, like uh, pretty much this treasure. I'm thinking of El Dorado personally like oh the you know city of gold finding this vast treasure um uh when Cal when karen mentions the alexandria library and i'm like that's exactly what i was thinking of at the time as they're walking through the library joan of arc story which everyone has i would think of heard for quite some time and like how accurate the uh, geography has been throughout the entire series it just it blows me away and i'm curious if you've noticed it if you have any type of comment on that type of uh style that they decide to put in the devices they might have put in because it, it's blown me away of all the nods and like there's stuff that i couldn't remember and that celia was like oh don't forget this too and i just i love it i, I i'm I, and that might speak to like me being the nerd that i am on these yeah. type of things but i really really enjoyed it a ton it really didn't kind of hit me until recently yeah i mean i you know in, in a similar way i loved that stuff when I was a kid, you know, and I've loved it since I, you know, um, I was almost in college, I was almost a medieval Renaissance studies double major, um, in addition to drama, but the, um, yeah, I mean, I, I go nuts for all that stuff. Um, and I, I also, you know, in terms of the, the, um, combination of how, you know, like you have El Dorado and you have the Library of Alexandria and you, you know, you have all of these different, um, you know, legends from, different parts of the world what I think is very fascinating about it and you know and then there's Yasuke and what have you um who is real obviously but um the others are legends is that it, many of these legends you know like like let's say Atlantis there are various different um you know legends of civilizations that were lost to the sea you know the, throughout the world there's 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 one I think in um i don't know if it's from indonesia there's there is a there's another atlantis myth that's like sticking out in my head that i can't remember um but yeah and i think that there are there are often commonalities with with these legends and that that um a sort of you know tying that all together with the idea of eden and that there's sort of this universal um there's there's sort of a universality in the difference if if you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. um yeah, that and I think that's very uh, fascinating because then it it also puts our world into a sort of legendary context or an epic context, even even though it was in already, but it, it, it just grounding it in those myths, I think put does does even more work to do that. You know, like let's like, you know, Tolkien, like the the one ring and, you know, like that's one of the sort of creation myths, even though it's, you know, the second and third age you know what i'm trying to say yeah they're very but like <laughs> yeah. it, it, the lord of the rings the specific that that story is grounded in that and then for, as fena is in 
the our like human world these myths ground it in that but they're all kind of linked together am i making sense yeah, yes <laughs> yeah that totally makes sense because it's like it's kind of like how you know what you're talking about earlier like every civilization has a story about a great flood yes even exactly. though they've all they're all in different parts of the world somehow every single one has the same story you know um mm -hmm. and even with this I think it's really neat, especially because this is an international co-production that yes. you're also incorporating a lot of it, like internationally famous legends and like the and figures from history. Like, you know, I noticed right away when I watched the first trailer for Fena, the uh, Sonata helmet. It's the one that Yukimura wears. Yes. Not, yeah. Yukimaru. Yukimura Sonata is the actual general who wore that helmet. And I saw a replica of it when I went to the Osaka Castle Museum in 2016. So oh when God. I saw it in the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, they're bringing in the Sonata family. Like, this is going to be super cool. I don't yeah. know what degree it was going to be, but it was nice seeing things that we know are real. Like, Orleans is a real place in France. Yes. You know, Joan of Arc was more than likely a real woman at some point, you know, and the legend grew from what she already did. So I totally understand what you're talking about, where bringing in these elements makes the audience go, oh, yeah, and it just draws them in deeper and deeper. Yes, yes. And I also think um, also going off of that, um, Celia, the I I think we often see our world as this sort of like mundane thing and to think of it in a way in a similar way to how we would think of like a middle earth or what have you i think is really a fascinating idea and um i think those specific like legendary items like the kusanagi the you know the sonata helmet like those things kind of you know do a similar thing in that it's like oh yeah this world kind of is epic you know there is a sort of epicness to it um there was another point that I wanted to make and I don't remember. But <laughs> um, when we talk about exciting like topics like this, there's stuff that you don't normally get to. It's like your brain goes so fast that you're like, wait, I remember, you know what I mean? Like I get this all the time and I Yeah. It shows same. like the passion. And I know, especially with like Celia, with you mentioning Lord of the Rings, which is I believe one of her favorite properties too. I it's love like, Lord of yeah. the Rings so much. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> same. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully, if you do think of it, we can go back to that. But I, I, the biggest or not really the biggest, but one thing I definitely want to ask, how how do you and the cast kind of feel with the buzz surrounding the series? Like when it was first introduced, you know, people were like, oh, cool, original. Like, of course, why wouldn't we like that on Toonami? You know, yada, yada. But then as we got more things, you know, like trailers, news articles about it. The, the excitement kept growing and growing. And, and like Celia could probably give us more an in-depth look of like the attention that it grabs on social media, especially through like our pages and whatnot. But how have you guys been able to kind of like take soak in all of the attention that's gain, gaining uh, buzz buzz wise, you know, on online, word of mouth, social media, because it it does feel like the series is growing more and more by the week and really like becoming its own on Toonami. Quite like, as you were mentioning, like how you remember you Hakusho and it was a really good time. I have a feeling people are going to feel the same way with Fena Pirate Princess as uh, time moves on. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice to hear. Um, I do remember what I was going to say, and it was about uh, O'Malley and that she's based on a real person. Yes. Um, no. And, yes, really? yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, I believe her name is Grace O'Malley, but she was an Irish pirate. And she actually like 
got into a conflict with Queen Elizabeth, and there's actually a musical about it, and it was made by the um, guys who made Les Mis, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw it on Broadway in 2006 or something, and it's called The Pirate Queen. So actually, when I first, like, saw the trailer, I was like, oh, it's gonna, they're making an anime out of, you know, The Pirate Queen. Like, not that the musical, but the story of, you know, Grace O'Malley. Um, to answer your question, um, yes, I mean, it's it's been surreal. Um, it's been really, really cool to see. Um, it's uh, been such a delightful thing to be a part of. And all of us really love engaging with everyone with it. And, you know, again, we're also seeing most of it we're seeing for the first time. So, you know, like when Abel destroyed the Rumble Rose, uh, my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, what the what <laughs> you know and just death starred that that thing um you know so we really love engaging with it and um hope that uh yeah hope that it continues people continue to love it and just as much as we do and that it continues on <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I always find when a show like organically becomes popular not as like forced through the promotion because i think mm -hmm. and it's like i i give a ton if not well i give most of the credit to celia and steven who do a lot of work at promoting shows on tsunami stuff like that it they always wanted to go at the approach of organic real, realistic not like super fluff and you know all the good stuff that you normally get on those type of promotionals. But I, I, I don't know if they've like noticed any more like buzz about it than like I have when I'm kind of like snooping in to see like what's going on. But it really does feel like it hits a lot of the right notes for that buzz to just keep growing instead of staying stagnant. And it's silly. I, I don't know if you would like necessarily say that's the case or if you've seen different trends along those lines. I know you are way more up to date on it than I am. Right. Well, I will say when we do the live tweeting during Fena, it is the one show that consistently gets feedback. Like all, a lot of times when we post during the live tweets, we'll get people who engage with it by liking or retweeting. But people always have something to say about the episode, which is awesome. It's generating discussion and people are like, oh, I want to see what's going to happen next. Or I really like this moment. You know, I really like this scene. Wow, that was really sad. That made me cry. Although that's mostly my tweets is, wow, that was really sad. That made me cry. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's, it's, people want to talk about it. And that's something that, like, I guess because of how long I've spent in the anime community as well, that's something that I see the community moving away from, especially in recent years, where it's more about consume, 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 but not really talking about it. And with Fena, I see it reminds me of a time when I was younger and into anime where everyone wants to talk about what's happening and they want to know what's next. You know, it has the magic of being not just an international co-production and, a, uh, you know, a dub that's coming out ahead of the Japanese release, at least in Japan, yeah. but also that it's an original and there's so much magic behind that, that people want to know and they want to talk to everyone else who also likes it and see if they have the same ideas or theories. So that's something I see consistently every week when we're posting about Fena. That's so cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. That's, yeah, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, really awesome to hear and just kind of really, I mean, that's, you know, um, 
obviously there's something to be said about, you know, watching, you know, everything and what have you. But yeah, I feel like that's really like the the shows that you remember are the ones that, you know, generate discussion and what you, you know, are the ones that you talk about, you know. Um, and yeah, that's just, that's really, really cool to hear. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a very engaging world. And also this, I, I don't know, this just kind of came to me, but um, what I think is really, really cool about Fena and Yukimaru is that they're an interracial couple and that it just kind of like happened. And like, that's just kind of like a thing, um, you know, but it isn't, um, I don't know. That's just a cool thing, <laughs> a cool little additional thing. Um, but yeah, um, I think going back to what I was saying, um, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think what's kind of made it so special is that it, it, people are getting excited about it and, you know, want to engage with it. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just echo what you, you said. <laughs> <laughs> I have a kind of fun question for you about Fena. How yes. has your, uh, how have you felt hearing, you know, the, let's just say uh, audience kind of be attracted to the character Shitan? I've seen <laughs> Maki tweets about it that made me laugh hysterically that said, Maki, please, there are children watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how have you been able to kind of take that all in? Because that has to at least feel somewhat different considering it's like, wait, that's my character. Wait, what? <laughs> For sure. Um yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been cool. No, I mean, he is a very attractive man. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's. I've been, you know, just, I guess, trying to take that in stride. Just be, you know, sort of, you know, if anything goes anywhere in, uh, you know, on social media, I try to either, you know, be like, okay, and then, or just bring it back to PG, <laughs> you know? Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, everyone is generally respectful. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's been interesting. It's it's funny. I, yeah, um, I don't think so. I, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would agree. I would 100% agree. I just, I know for, and this is just like, if I ever happen to voice a character who a lot of people were like, yes, they're very attractive. I don't know how I'd feel. Cause I'd just be like, oh, that's great. But I'd be like, uh, oh man, I don't know how to feel about this. So I'm just, it's one of those things where it's like, I know I'll never be in that position. <laughs> so I'm just like, I wonder how people do feel about those types of things who, who act in, in this industry and whatnot. <laughs> Cause it's yes. so different. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like, I mean, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's very cool. It's just it's just um, funny because I guess you just kind of take it in stride, I suppose. Right. Um, and I guess, you know, as we're getting you know closer toward the end of this, uh, what do you what do you what should fans expect? Uh, like, give us a spoiler free kind of teaser for the last two episodes, because I've been like. I recently wrote about this where I was expecting like some sort of bloody mess to happen, like maybe two or three episodes ago. And it just keeps setting it up. And I'm just like, what are we going to get it? I know Celia and myself are like, it ends here. No, we do not agree. We need more. <laughs> so what, what can you uh, tell fans that they uh, can expect when it comes to a spoiler free expectant uh, for episodes 11 and 12? 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I have to think. You can expect um, uh, uh, cool things to happen. Some very, very interesting reveals. You can expect some very, very special moments and perhaps some um, moments that will will make you shed a tear, but not you don't know for what reason, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes, Celia's so, already shivering in the background. <laughs> I was about to say, oh no, that means I'm probably going to be sobbing by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it could be happy. It could, you know, not be. I don't know. Um, I have a feeling it'll be happy on her end, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'd be my yeah. guess. Um, we have to uh, say, you know, as like because of being character driven and how well uh, the cast has been doing, we we have to say you guys have been absolutely nailing the roles, the renditions. Like, uh, oh. I believe it was Bernie was like, I can't imagine these characters being voiced by anyone else. It's just been perfect. And I have to say, it feels, uh, you know, you everyone's been giving credit to both, you know, Michael Stick Nicholas and Stephanie Shea, and it's just it must be such a pleasure working with them, and that a lot of people have been just absolutely adoring the performances you guys have been giving like it, it has to it has to feel like such a such a like a huge weight off the shoulders that people are liking it and whatnot oh yeah i mean they're they're a real just joy to work with and you know really pull the kind of the best performances out of everyone um and yeah i i mean i share britney's sentiment in that you know i can't imagine anyone else playing these characters you know like like when i first heard rob as yukimaru is like yep yep <laughs> like that's literal perfection um you know and britney is just good lord that is an amazing performance um but yeah everyone i mean anjali daryl brandon you know um thomas everyone is really did i is that that's everyone right everyone's really just killing it um oh Alan, my God, Alan, it's like, <laughs> just, I, I also love his character so much. He's kind of like, like he, he's sort of the parent, but also, you know, he's kind of like the, um, not the, like the, he's sort in some ways he's like the conscience of the ship, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love, um, Tsubaki. He's just delightful. And Alan, it's just like a perfect Alan part. Yes. Yes. Uh, and yes, Michael and Stephanie are just just wonderful, fantastic directors. And yeah, it, it's been just such a great, great time to work on this. Yeah. And we shall see what happens. I know I'm I'm been waiting for it after that last ending. It really gets me hook, line and sinker. Uh, yeah, that sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but just no, the, no. after every episode, we're all like, that was it. I want the next one. <laughs> I need the next one. Like, especially after seeing the dance too. Like, oh, it was so yeah. beautiful. Oh, the animation, the music, just everything. Like, the series has everything you want. It has like the silly tropes of like high school romance when Fena denies Yukimaro's hand. You have yeah. beautiful animation, wonderful scenery. The music has been excellent, and the characters have been so fun. Like, it just. There's nothing that Fennin misses. Yes. And speaking of music, how about that opening theme? <laughs> like, I love it so much. <laughs> it's 
it's amazing. I I remember Maki saying, <laughs> she said when when I first heard it, I sobbed, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yes. that, that checks out. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> oh my god! Well, and what a power duo! Like you have Yuki Kajiura composing and arranging the song, which her work is already amazing. You know, she yes. did you know Madoka Magica, the Dot Hack series, Sword Art Online, like the expansion of like just everything she's done her entire catalog is fantastic but then you pair her with Junna who is arguably like one of the like best powerhouses in anime music right now mm-hmm. you know she debuted when she was 15 I'm a big fan of her work I've actually been following <laughs> her since she debuted which is why I love it you know and now she's she's I think she's only like what 21 and singing like that yes on a Yuki Kajira track and it's so gorgeous yeah it's it is simply fantastic um yeah yes yeah i I think the most i take out of this is that it's always a pleasure to work on stuff that maki's working on isn't it (laughs) she seems to get all the good stuff i would say so Um, yes but uh, yeah production ig just knocks it out of the park it's their animation's so good i love it it's so good yeah Um, but nicholas that seems to be all my questions alicelia do you have anything you might want to add I do actually. Um, do you have a favorite scene from the show, either that you've worked on, like if it's one that features Shitan, or just in general, like if you've got a top, maybe top three favorite moments if you can't pick one? I love the scene between um, Shitan and Fena on the cliff. And I, I do love this scene when he's younger with Yukimaru. Um, and I also. I love um, just the whole sequence in Barbaral with the twins. I just freaking love that. I just, I yes. love the three of them just, and their hijinks. And, you know, Daryl and Brandon are so funny. They're just so good. Um, all three of them, obviously. But yeah, it's it's great. And and those faces, those faces that they make are the best. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, oh my gosh, my that's goodness. such a cute sequence. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I really, really love that sequence. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would say that. I also really like the scene in um, the uh, in episode four when he there at, at night when um, Fena and Shitan are on the ship and he's like you know opening up to her for the first time um because that was when i was like oh this guy has some layers um yeah i think that's that's it for me (laughs) nice yeah i mean he has a lot of great moments to like shift through yeah i know this is just a really good show (laughs) yeah how about how about you both though what are what are your favorite moments i want to know what your favorite moments are oh celia would you like to go first Oh my god. Okay. Well, <laughs> every time the opening plays is one because <laughs> that entire opening sequence, I love the song and the animation is gorgeous. Um, surprisingly, the moments with Fena and Abel having seen the context of those scenes when you get the full story about Abel and Helena, I like those a lot more now. Because at first I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of creepy. Like he's hyper, like focusing on her mom, and he's acting really strangely around her. I don't like this. <laughs> like this just feels like it's bad news. But then you get the full backstory, and I'm like, okay, now I see it more as like it's not this like strange obsessive affection as much as it is a man in desperation. 
trying yes. to reconnect with Helena. So I appreciate those scenes a lot more now that I have the context of why he's acting that way in those. Um, hmm. I really liked when they were in Barbarol because everyone was just like, it's a party, let's go. You know, where they're talking about getting snacks and Karin's yes. getting distracted by shopping. And, you know, and it kind of makes you forget that we're on a serious mission right now. Yes. <laughs> because we're just going to go have fun. Um, oh, and Yukimaru's confession. Oh, I was about to say, yeah, that's Whoa. another moment. <laughs> that was so good. I was listening to that. And as I'm, you know, live tweeting about it, I'm like, I need to take notes. <laughs> and them to my partner and be like, here, I really like this scene. Here's oh. some reference material. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I see. <laughs> right? That's incredible. Uh, yeah. I guess, so I guess for me, uh, what really got to me was the stare down between O'Malley and Abel. Uh, especially when, because like O'Malley's a very rough and tumble uh, type of character. Like she means business. And the fact that Abel was able to actually shoo her and scare her with that shot right to her head, the animation for it when it uh, singed her hair too, I was like, yeah. oh man, that is some stones. Yeah. Like, who's going to blink first? Because either one of like, both of them are very, very strong in their convictions. So yes. the fact that there was an actual like, and it, like there wasn't necessarily like a lot of action in that. It was just literally a gunshot and that's it. But the tension yeah. fell as if I was watching, you know, like, Goku versus Frieza or Goku and Gohan versus Cell, you know, it was, it was very, very intense. And then honestly, for me, it was Fenna's dancing in the latest episode. Like it was so beautiful. And and as I was writing about it, it's like, I never really saw Fenna as like super attractive. Like she's cute, you know, and whatever, not a, not a like bad character or anything like that. But watching the dance, hearing the music, everything together, I was like, Oh no. She's super pretty. Oh my god, that's bewitching. Like it would just it completely changed my view about the character in that type of way and I'm just like I honestly did not expect that. And so just it was a perfect type of um combination of everything that really made me appreciate her looks a little more compared to how cuz early on I'm like yeah, I mean she's cute and all, but why is everyone like trying to like sleep with her kind of thing? So I didn't see it and then it happened and I'm like and then of course I joked to myself I was like Yuki Hisa was right wait a minute oh my God. <laughs> how did that happen which no no um I do yes, I do sure. like the crucible it's one of my favorite type of stories that I've, I've read in school so like that aspect I was like oh wow okay I like this but um no it was just it was a funny type of reaction that I got uh after watching that so it's just for me it would have to be it'd have to be those two more so than anything and of course, you know, Fena's reaction after Yuki Maru's um, confession really was just like, oh, man, perfect. So sweet. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, The Crucible was my first play. No way. Was... Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I'm, I'm from Massachusetts, so obviously Salem Witch Trials is like something that is taught a lot. Mm. Uh, so I have a soft spot for The Crucible, you know, it's I, I, I think it's really good storytelling you know I'm, I'm weird you know i like that i like the count of monte cristo so um i, I yes yes i know again not something you normally hear often but then again we got to talk about history which i'm never going to be against uh at, at any point nicholas thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us i'm so glad that we could have a chance to sit down and talk with yet another cast member and just get a very fun and interesting perspective 
about the show, about your own personal tsunami experience, your own little background, especially uh, when it comes to the acting craft and whatnot. So I hope it was an enjoyable time. This was so fun. Oh, this was so fun. Thank you both. I really, really appreciate it. And I uh, really appreciate being invited on. Of, of course. Well, I mean, we have, we're making our rounds with the cast and crew. <laughs> we obviously want to talk to as many people about Fennec because I don't know if you know this, but I, I think we all kind of like the series. You know, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard it's fine. You know, it's like, eh. <laughs> Uh, but for those listening, where where could they find you on Twitter? And is there anything you'd like to plug that you can talk about? So they can find me on Twitter uh, at, at Nick Justin Corda. And that's N-I-C Justin Corda, C-O-R-D-A. And on Instagram at, at Nick N-I-C-K Corda. Um, and I don't think I can plug anything at the current moment because NDA. Right. Um, That's my favorite project, NDA. Yes, same. <laughs> <laughs> it, I've, I've done a lot of NDA. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was so fun. So delightful. Thank you both so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget, you can check out Fenna Pirate Princess still. You got two new episodes as as we're recording right now. Uh, hopefully, this episode will be out before episode eleven. But if not, you know we're, we're you still got some time, and there will even be a marathon of it on Halloween weekend. Uh, yes, fans can check out, which has to have everyone excited because we get more Fena. I mean, we can't yeah. we can't be upset about that. I love it. You can also stream it if you go to the Adult Swim website. Um, and if you have like a cable subscription or, um, you know, like satellite or whatever, you can, you know, log in with that and watch it. If you miss it, um, you can always stream it, which is nice. <laughs> you got to love technology because that is having that option is so nice. Yes. It is it's also on Amazon, I think. too. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that, actually. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. If you haven't seen it now, you have a plenty of places where you can. So by all means, definitely check it out, especially if you would like to hear Nicholas's performance as Sheetan. I guarantee you will not be disappointed considering how much Celia and I rave about the character as well as I'm sure Nick does too. But on that note, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out all of the episodes of the Fenicast, uh, our sister podcast station, where the Tanami Faithful members talk about their favorite pirate crew. Well, I would hope it's their favorite pirate crew. I know One Piece might get in there too, but hopefully <laughs> you, get, you get a chance to take, uh, check it out and listen, as well as check out the Toonami Faithful podcast uh, every week. And we are doing Fender reviews. Make sure you check those out on ToonamiFaithful.com. But in the meantime, we're going to pull up our anchor, we're going to set sail, and we will call it there. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye.